and they were bred to look like that to uh, because the mascot for the town Leon Burger in Germany was a lion. So this dude was like, wanted to make a dog that looked like the lion to represent their community. So I thought that was funny. He must have uh, been a bored dude. I know what I'm going to do. They're pretty cute. Breed a dog. We should breed a dog to look like a beaver to represent Canada. (laughs) Beaver dog. With big teeth. (laughs) Is it time to boop snoots? It is time to boop snoots. Welcome, everybody, to Let's Boop Snoots. Welcome back. I am Heidi. And I am Vero. And today we're going to boop snoots. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Boopity boop. Um, today's Our best a- intro so far. <laughs> it's so far, so good. Going strong. <laughs> today, our episode, ooh, on our episode today, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> today, uh, we are going to be discussing uh, a few different breeds some sort of like rare ones, ones that you don't hear about too, too often, and um, share some dog recipes at the end of the episode. Some so, dog treats recipes. Yeah, dog treats. <laughs> Although when I was like Googling it, there's like full on websites dedicated to how to cook for your dog, like full on mm-hmm. meals, yes. which I saw too, which I'm sorry, I have a very young family and a very busy life. It ain't going to happen in this household. No. But... But I can barely cook for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like your dog has like a, you know, like a 12 course meal each night and you're like (laughs) eating snacks. His little bib. (laughs) Little bib. Little bib. He knows which cutlery to use serve him with a little napkin around your arm. (laughs) (laughs) A little wipe of the face. Fold his napkin if he needs to go out for a pee. (laughs) Becky. I think maybe we should start a Let's Boop Snoots restaurant. <laughs> Ooh. I love how I'm trying to market like every single thing that we talk about. <laughs> All right. All righty. I'm going to start. Okay. I like the look of this dog. Which dog is it? I don't know if I would ever get one, but they are called the Bergamasco Sheepdog. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. So they look like they have dreads. Oh, yes. So there's also the pulley and the commodore uh, who looks the same. But I will talk about the Bergamasco sheepdogs. So they are under the herding dog category in the AKC. I'm not sure if they're accepted in the CKC. I have not looked it up yet. For those so of you that breed... don't know, sorry, I'm going to interrupt. Sorry, Ooh, sorry, yes. sorry. For those that you don't know, AKC is American Kennel Club and the CKC is the Canadian Kennel Club. Yes. So this is a Middle Eastern breed and they go far back like 7,000 years ago. They are named after an Italian city uh, called Bergamo. So what they look like, so their height is about 20 to 24 inches. Their weight from 55 and they can go up to 85 pounds and their lifespan 13 to 15 years. So that's pretty good. So they're Mm -hmm. a medium sized dog and they come in all sorts of colors, black, silver, 
fawn, merle, cream, white, gray, and then there's also a mix of colors. So this breed was only accepted uh, in the AKC in 2015, so not that long ago. Mm -mm. And if you look these dogs up and you look at their coat, you would expect them to be really high maintenance, but they are not. They are super low maintenance coats. And I will talk about that a little bit later. And they're good for people with allergies, um, unless you're allergic to linolin. I'm not sure also if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> linolin and wool. About their temperament. So they're pretty outgoing with humans. Uh, they're good family dogs. And although they're a herding dog, they don't have much energy, surprisingly, unlike the Border Collie, mm -hmm. who has a lot of energy. So a 30-minute to one-hour walk per day is sufficient for them. They're good with children uh, and other dogs because they have a more submissive personality. However, they can be a little bit of rebel, a little bit of a rebel, a little bit rebels, a little bit of a rebel. <laughs> I can't talk either. <laughs> so firm training uh, is necessary, and they're also they can also be hesitant with strangers. So socialization at an early age is very, very, very important for this breed. And their health, apparently there's not much data about their health, but they can be prone to hip dysplasia. And that's all I could find. <laughs> you would think that they would get like eye issues because their eyes are always covered, but apparently, apparently not. They're probably prone to infections and all that, but um, see, you I'm see them often. They have like the front of their hair pinned. Yes. And with like a little elastic. So I just Google image them. And like when, uh, as soon as people see like their coats, you'll be like, oh yes, like that dog. And I'm surprised that what you said about the grooming, because I would think that they would need, because it looks like they have dreads. So I, yeah. I'm like, I, and, and some of them, like some of the photos here, like it almost looks like, <laughs> like if they get nasty or roll in something, it almost looks like they're like, like some of the videos I talked about where they're rescuing dogs and their furs all matted <laughs> and they have like mange yeah, and stuff like, like that. Like, <laughs> I, I would imagine that you'd. I wonder if there is anything that you can do to treat those dreads. You know what I mean? Like oil them or something so that they stay firm. Apparently and don't... you can brush the hair. What? Although you don't, you don't have to. And they have this natural oil. Really? Like in their undercoat, I believe. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. I want to see what the puppies look like. Yes. So I'm going to talk about the coat a little okay. bit. Okay. So when you get them as a puppy... They look all soft and fluffy. They don't have like the dread-like hair. <laughs> yeah, they look like um, a doodle almost, like a doodle puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not fur. It's actually hair, so they're non-shedding. Mm -hmm. So you get them at the, as a puppy. They're all soft and fluffy. And the so those dreads are called flocks. So they're not cord-like. They're more like a flat um they're more they're flat and they can be up to three inches wide so half an inch to three inches wide wow so the flocking starts around the age of eight to nine months I think the latest would be a year and that's when they start getting like a tangled messy look and they have that look until about two years old and then it's only when they reach three years old that they start having that look that people are looking for so they have like that flock look. 
Okay. So they have three types of hair growing. So it's a triple coat dog. So they have the undercoat and then they have like a gray, coarse, wiry hairs. So that's like the goat hair. So that apparently that's what it feels like. And then the top layer is called the woolly top layer. And then the flocks happen when the goat hair and the woolly layer mix together. Oh. Yeah. So and if you have like too big of a flock, then it can... You have to be careful because then it can pull the skin too much. Yeah. So you can separate the flocks by grabbing like the the flock itself and separating it from the tip up. So from the tip to the skin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And you got to be careful apparently like behind the ears because if like the ear hair gets caught in the hair that's like too far behind, then that can pull the ears and it gets all matted. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I think they're pretty funny looking. They're they pretty are cool. pretty funny. They look like they're a funny Rasta when they're man. running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. their dreads are just like bouncing all over the place. <laughs> yep. Do you ever watch Best in Show? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've watched like parts of it before. And I, I think I've seen one of these on there before in the past. I can't remember. Could be. But they do look pretty elegant. Like if their dreads are like, you know nicely groomed or whatever like mm-hmm. they do look funny it just looks like a bunch of dreads like a hippie dog. <laughs> yes like a hippie dog <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right um one of the breeds that i looked up because i like i i can tell you right now at some point in my life i am going to own a very large breed dog and when we were looking at gibbs i kind of wanted to get one but, you know, again, with the young family and stuff like that, like my my kids aren't that young, but but still and I have like older parents around and stuff. But anyways, so the first breed that I chose to look up is the Tibetan Mastiff. And if you Google image this guy, he's huge. He's huge. He's huge. Huge doggo. He's a mega grizzlord. <laughs> They're like. Massively huge. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, they really are. And um, (laughs) yeah, so they were known for like uh, guarding like the mountains and stuff like that. Like they were like a mountain dog. And um, they are basically a mix of like a Newfoundland and a great, a Newfoundlander and a great Pyrenees. I'm sure everybody knows what a Newfoundland looks like. But again, another big, huge dog with um, several different coats on them and stuff like this i didn't find too much information on this guy actually like even like trying to research this breed and one thing that i will say is like when you're looking up breed characteristics and stuff like that i I think there's a couple of websites out there that that point things out there's one called dog time which is like interesting and fun to look at but i find that they categorize too many different things like where it's like it might be almost false advertising if you're looking into a specific breed because they say like, you know, how likely is it to bark? Like how likely is it? How good is it for apartment living? How good is it for mm-hmm. this and that? And I think that ultimately depends on like the personality of the dog. And uh, Vera and I were chatting just like an example is her Wiggum, who you heard us talk about. He He's a lab who's, you know, labs are typically like super excitable and, and active and sort of thing. And uh, Wiggum, was none of those things (laughs) no 
so you know i i know ultimately it, it depends on a lot on the personality too but just like don't read too much into these sites because you know no. dogs are individuals just like us humans yes because i always find like i'm looking at dog breeds and i always think there's like something that wouldn't go well for me like that wouldn't fit into my lifestyle yeah right there's always like this one thing like they're like super super active or I don't know yeah like like yeah if if a dog is like needs a ton of activity and and you are like a couch potato like you might want to rethink things but at the same time like Gibbon is a very active dog and Mind you, I, I knew that I had my dad to to take them for walks every day and go to the cottage. So, so I was able to manage that. But um, but anyways, so the Tibetan Mats, Mastiff, I tried finding more information on them. Um, they are this giant dog. And it says here on the CKC uh, website that it is not a dog for everyone and that they can be a real challenge, uh, even for experienced dog owners. And they are, they're they're patient, they're gentle, and they're loyal, but they're also very independent and they're, and they're powerful dogs. And um, they can, they're very intelligent, so can become destructive if you're, you know, leaving them alone for uh, a long time. And, and again, on this website, it says that this breed is inclined to be a nocturnal barker. So... (laughs) You know, you read something like that and you just think like, well, God, who would want that? And again, like you, you could try to tailor your training to it. Exactly. And that sort of thing. And they do need a lot of attention and exercise to keep them occupied. And because number one, because of their large size. I think anytime you, you, you look at getting a large breed dog, you're going to, they're going to need a lot of attention like and not when you say exercise again, I think I spoke about this on a previous episode it doesn't mean taking them for a run every day because like Danes, they do not, right? Like they're, they're a large dog too and they're lazy, but you still need to train them and they need that mental s- stimulation because they need to be focused and looking at you because when a small dog jumps up on you, it's like, oh yeah, that's an annoying behavior. When a large dog jumps up on somebody, it it can, <laughs> it's dangerous. Like It, it is, yeah. So like that Mastiff is not a lap dog. <laughs> He is not, well, he might be a lap dog, a lap dog, who knows, but (laughs) but you don't want him jumping up on your guests when they come through the door. So um, it says that uh, they stand at a minimum of 26 inches at the shoulder. And um, I didn't even get like what their weights can be here, but I'm guessing like (sighs) it's going to be like a hundred plus pounds here. Oh yeah. Like they are, they are huge. And they used to be used as watchdogs for the Tibetan monasteries. So, and they originated, it said here too, like as a herding dog, but mostly like a guarding dog. So yeah, they're watchdogs. So again, that it says they're a bit aloof. So it seems like they're one of those more independent breeds and, and like a bit of a protector. So yeah, but beautiful, like beautiful, like the huge, gorgeous, like I said, like massive fur and huge dogs. Very floof. Um, floof. The next one I looked up because um, I was trying to look up breeds that I never really heard very much about because I wanted to learn about them as well. And I have never seen one of these dogs, the one that I'm going to mention next. But um, I remember my mom telling a story uh, up at our cottage uh, about one. Um, so it's called Bouvier de Flandre. Oh, yeah. And um, 
So a Bouvier, it kind of looks like he has like a terrier face, but they are also a very large breed dog too, standing at close to almost close to the Tibetan Mastiff. Like for uh, the men, it's like 27 inches at the shoulders. They originated by looking after the agricultural plains in Flanders in Belgium. And they were used for herding and driving cattle. And I guess there's a couple of different varieties of Bouviers, but um, typically they're like this large black terrier sort of looking dog. I'm just looking it up and I'm surprised their lifespan is like 10 to 12 years. This is what's uh, uh, surprising me as well with some of these dogs. Because usually when you get like a larger dog, like a Dane, for instance, um, they have a shorter lifespan. But some of these ones that I've looked up, they have like a a bit longer, Mm -hmm. which which is surprising. Um, So they were also um, used during World War II for carrying messages (laughs) <laughs> like through the battlefields and stuff like that and wow. searching out the wounded. It says their temperament, they're very f- fond of human companionship and they do well in a bunch of different environments and they're a very uh, in- intelligent dog. And so again, um, I-, I think they-, they would take to training very well by the sounds of it. And um, a- another another breed that's used for a guard dog, like a watchdog or guard dog. It's always like these big, huge ones, right? Like, yeah. I guess they got to look intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it says their activity level, like, it, it seems like it's pretty steady as well. Like, it's it, they recommend regular outdoor exercise. And um, just because they're, they're a powerful dog, it says. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like a terrier, they have, like, a, a rough and sort of wiry coat. But they do have a soft and fine undercoat underneath. So grooming would um, require some brushing and, yeah, some regular grooming is recommended for them. And uh, what else was I going to say? There was another one here. Oh, yeah. And the different color, they come in like mostly black, but sometimes like salt and pepper and, and gray as well is typically the colors of the Bouvier. So my mom, I remember telling me a story that my um when way back in the day up at the cottage, I guess somebody across the lake had brought up a guest who brought their Bouvier with them. And my dad was out for a run (laughs) and turned around and saw this big black furry thing running at him and thought it was a bear. So completely freaked (laughs) out and ran down to the lake and jumped in the lake and like swam back to our cottage. (laughs) And later on they were like, no, it's just my dog. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, so they can look pretty intimidating, too. I guess he thought it would, I guess you know, so. you wouldn't expect to see, like, a this random, well, especially a breed that you're not, isn't easily recognizable either, you know. Yeah. Come running at you. <laughs> so those are the two first breeds that I picked. Which which one you got there, Barrow? My next one is inspired by one of my Instagram favorites, Cleo Longlegs. <laughs> I actually saw, I actually saw... A video of Cleo running around, and she is like super fast. Oh, really? It's like, yeah, fast well, th- zoomies. Well, she she's has like aerodynamic, like, I guess. I guess, like, she well, she's like got like hound? the great, like the greyhound build. Yeah, yeah, aerodynamic. So anyways, those. my next one's inspired by Cleo. Yeah. So called the Silken Windhound. So they are they are a hound dog. A relatively new breed. Their origin is the United States. So their height, 18 to 24 inches. 
their weight 20 to 55 pounds, which I like, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. 20 to 55 pounds. So I guess they can be very small or medium size. Mm-hmm. Uh, their lifespan, get ready for this, 14 years to 20 years. Whoa. Whoa. I that's, know. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, they come in different colors, black, white, brindle, sable, black and tan, and red. And they are a cross between boars. Borzois and whippets. So a borzois, mm-hmm. I believe, is just um, a little bit bigger than the silken winehound, and their hair just looks a little bit more coarse. Uh, the whippets are smaller and they have short hair. So a little bit of history on these: the first litter of silken winehound was born in 1985. Uh, they were named Silken Winehound only in 1998 and adopted a breed standard only in 2001. They are still not recognized by the AKC, hmm. but they are recognized by the United KC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, their temperament. So you know how I said, like, I'm looking at all these dog breeds and their temperament and I'm always finding like one thing. That's mm-hmm. like, mm, nope, not for me. Mm-hmm. So I find like this one is pretty perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah? If they all come like this, especially that they can live up to 20 years. Oh, mm. my God. Mm-hmm. Oh so their temperament, God. they're affectionate, playful, eager to please and intelligent, which makes them very trainable. Uh, they're very expressive and their body language can be easily read. So they're pretty good dog for like no- novice owners. Uh-huh. Uh, they're adaptable and they don't need intense exercise. So they can be good in an apartment. One long walk per day is enough. This is the only little thing. They have a high prey drive. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that can also be trained, right? Like trained not to chase small animals. <laughs> yeah (laughs) have a good fenced yard uh they're good with children and they're also very good with strangers (laughs) so they always greet strangers with a warm welcome apparently and they have a low tendency to bark and growl so they're not very good watchdogs oh okay yeah uh they don't shed much and yeah that's pretty much it about them uh their health which i thought was interesting They have a gene called MDR1, which makes them sensitive to medication. Oh. So before giving any medication, and I I don't know if this is like something that a good breeder would look for before breeding their dogs. Um, They can get tested to see if they have the gene because reactions to some med can actually be fatal. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. And other things that I've heard about that I've learned about with this breed, um, health-wise, lotus syndrome. They can be prone to lotus syndrome in puppies. So that's when, like, the there's, like, a deformity with the back legs. Mm-hmm. Umbilical hernias. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Umbilical or umbilical? <laughs> umbilical? <laughs> <laughs> And cryptorchidism, 
Not sure how to pronounce that either. <laughs> uh, it's when the testicles don't descend. So they can be prone to that too. Oh my God. That happened to Gibbs. Oh. Maybe he's part Cleo Longley. <laughs> he had crypto Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and he does have long legs. That's why I call he does. him Gibbon. Gibbon is the monkey. Yeah. Gibbon is the monkey with the longest arms. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for this breed. All right. I really like this breed. I'm usually like a, like I love big dogs, but I don't know. I got something for a little Cleo long legs. I think she's pretty cute. She's super cute. Um, I think another thing when talking about like large dog breeds, I, I think any large dog breed tends to have like hip, issues and stuff like that and it's just because they're like these huge beasts on you know four stilts yes <laughs> so they tend the hip dysplasia seems to be a super common one i find mm-hmm. it when you go into the larger breeds just so that we're not small breed discriminatory <laughs> <laughs> the next two that i'll talk about well then the next one that i will talk about is um the pomsky Ooh, oh, i love them I personally am, am not a small dog person. Like I said, I, I like I like them big. I like them. I like them beefy. Isn't that from that like a song from the Madagascar movie? I like them big. <laughs> when the, the, hippo, the, the hippo song, there's like a song about hippos. <laughs> I like them big. I like them beefy. Um, but anyways, the Pomsky is a <laughs> cross between a Siberian Husky and a Pomeranian. And so uh, cute. Da- yeah. Look, Google image of Pomsky and feast your eyes on this cute little teddy bear. Like, and they, they're not recognized by the AKC or CKC. Um, <gasps> but they, they literally look like little teddy bears. It's like having a permanent Husky puppy because the, like, <laughs> yes. because of the Pomeranian and they're like these little fluff balls and their their uh, appearance can change depending on like w- the dominant traits of what you know the animal that you breed them with because like some of them like look look like little devil huskies you know yeah <laughs> and and some of them have more of the pomeranian like poof and then when you get like when you look at the photos of like the perfect combination of them both like they're so cute right barrel are you looking they at are. them they're I like am. super 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 cute they uh, their lifespan is typically uh-huh. 13 to 15 years but because huskies can be quite vocal and same with the pomeranians they are a super barky dog apparently and they they don't get very big so their height is 10 to 15 inches and their weight range is like 20 to 30 pounds and it, it seems to me from like the photos that i've seen they they tend to be on the lower side but again it depends on the actual like two animals that you're breeding together obviously yeah they're double it's coated. like golden doodles you never know like how, how yeah how poodly it's gonna, gonna be yeah exactly <laughs> dogs are like a box of chocolates you never know <laughs> what you're gonna get so they can be skittish around small kids uh but they tend to be a good uh fit for families but like maybe not with y- younger children around but they do have like a a very playful personality apparently which makes sense and yeah they just talked mostly about um how vocal they are <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah they are like super cute if i they were are. to get a small dog that would definitely be top of the list and i can remember like one of my friends was like looking into it at one point but apparently they're crazy expensive too i find the smaller the dog the more expensive yes with purebreds anyways 
Mm-hmm. The next breed I'm going to talk about, and this one is a shout out to my girl, Mish. It was the very first dog that she had. I can remember when um, I met Michelle, she had this little cute little dog named Sushi. And Sushi is, or was, excuse me, R.I.P. Sush, a skipper key. So if you look up a skipper key and it's spelled really weird, it's S-C-H-I-P-P-E-R-K-E, but pronounced skipper key. It's this tiny little black shepherd looking dog. They're so tiny. They are so tiny. Like they (laughs) they weigh like between 12 to 18 pounds. And again, I'm going to go on the lower side of that. And they look like little bear cubs. Every time people saw sushi, like they'd be like, oh my God, what kind of dog is that? He looks like a little bear cub. Like everybody thought he looked like a little bear cub. And um, Skipper Key is Flemish for Little Captain because these used to be um, boat dogs. They kept them on boats a lot of the time. Oh. They are a descendant of the black sheep dog. And I don't know why they bred them down in size. But anyways, they were, they're like these tiny little like shepherd dogs as well that they were used for. Their temperament is, um, it's an active and inquisitive And they are uh, very friendly with children and they make a great family pets and uh, very good watchdogs as well and very sociable with other animals. And this really is describing Sush like he was a sweetheart. If trained properly, they're very obedient and they can do scent work really well as well and agility. It says it's a big dog in a little package. (laughs) (laughs) Cute. Um. They are very playful and will require outdoor exercise, but they, and they're athletic and strong too. It says, it says they're capable of hiking long distances, but like it said within reason, but like, again, big big dog in a little package, like you think smaller dogs, you can't go for like, you know, 25 K run. Maybe the skipper key can. Skipper key can. (laughs) Skipper key can. (laughs) They weigh between 12 and 18 pounds. But like I said, I'm I'm guessing on the lower side because they're like these tiny little. Oh, he was just so cute, Sush. And like there was other skipper skipper keys that I've seen as well. And they were about the same size. They are recognized by the AKC and CKC. And they are black in color only. Uh, They need some regular brushing, but no special grooming or anything like that. Their coat... Sush was like a bit wiry, but like it's sort of like an outer like fluff, but like a little bit more wiry when you dig your fingers in a bit deeper to their coat. Yeah. Super Hmm. cute little logos. The skipper key. Oh, very cute. Oh, Sush. All right. Sush. I had like, again, this was almost like doing like the Insta favorites. Like I could like literally just look up different types of breeds of dogs. Like there's some, some other ones I I won't go into as much detail that, that I wanted to look up. I talked about Leon burgers before. That's like a huge Newfoundlander looking dog. Mm. And apparently they were bred in Germany to look like lions. So like they're like the nice tan color and they have this massive mane around like their face and they were bred to look like that to, um, because the mascot for the town Leonberger in Germany was a lion. So this dude was like, wanted to make a dog that looked like the lion to represent their community. So I thought that was funny. He must have uh, been a bored dude. I know what I'm going to do. They're pretty cute. Breed a dog. We should bre- breed a dog to look like a beaver to represent Canada. <laughs> <laughs> beaver dog. <laughs> Big teeth. <laughs> yeah, big chomping teeth. You can... 
Hope you cut <laughs> wood up at the cottage. <laughs> chomp, chomp. <laughs> and, um, ooh, I got my fireplace ready. So <laughs> you can help me with that. A winter dog. Um, <laughs> the other two I looked up really quickly was the Rhodesian Ridgeback because, um, that, um, my husband, mm. uh, my husband's parents had one when he was like a little baby. And when they moved into like, um, a smaller home or whatever where they didn't have like a fenced in yard they they gave them up to a farmer that that, that they knew but they were they are super protective dogs as well and she always t- told the story that like whenever my husband would walk towards the street the dog would go and grab him by his diaper and pull him back it's <laughs> so cute oh his name is lubin the rhodesian ridgeback and they're like a tan looking dog but their fur goes in a way that they have this long spike going down their back so they're yeah, pretty along cool. Their, uh, along yeah. their spine, right? Along their spine, yeah. So they're pretty cool looking dogs too. And then the other one that I looked up only because I saw one in my neighborhood and it kind of looked like Becky was the um, Abizan Hound. It's a very cool cool looking dog and they talk about how they used to think that these used to guard the tombs in Egypt and that's where the Anubis sort of like um, sculptures come from. And when you look at the Abizan Hound, it does. It looks like all the Egyptian sort of um how do you write that oh i b i z a n hound so they they've got those big ears that point directly up yeah they're very cool looking dogs short hair dogs and uh they hunt rabbit mostly but they come in that like red and white color and like when you look at the photo of an abyssin hound it looks like exactly like becky's markings i think i've seen one yes there's one in there's a guy who has two of them in my neighborhood Hmm. Who are the doggies are cool in looking. my neighborhood? In my neighborhood, we should do like a doggy neighborhood walk and be like, "Hey, what kind of dog is that?" <laughs> Can you <laughs> tell me about your dog down the street? Mm-hmm. They have two labs, and they have this other. I think it's a mixed dog. It looks like maybe border collie, shepherd mix. And every time I see them walk, I'm like the walking club. Like I want to be part <laughs> of the walking club. <laughs> soon I'm like one of those people that like you know you're driving in your car and you're like oh my god look at the dog look at the dog my kids are like yes mom (laughs) okay and then you have an accident yep yep Yep. rubbernecking looking at the doggies looking at the dog yeah but they're just so cute they are all right should we move on to recipes recipes yeah recipes Recipe. I only found one recipe. <laughs> okay, I found a <laughs> As couple. opposed to Heidi, who found a bunch. I found a bunch. I was just kind of looking for a recipe that didn't have any, like, flour or oats in it, and I couldn't really find any. hmm So I found, so on, I think it's Dog Naturally Magazine. hmm Under their nutrition tab, they have uh, treat recipes. And they have a bunch of like frozen recipes. Mm-hmm. So I saw this pumpkin banana frozen pup pops. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what's in it is non-fat yogurt. Again, like I'm not sure about dairy, but dairy and doggos. I know. It's I such think a as tough long as one, you eh? don't give. I know. It's like, what are you supposed? I guess you could put like goat's milk, goat's yogurt, maybe. Um, Go- pumpkin Go-gurt. puree 
<laughs> gogurt. <laughs> some non-fat gogurt. <laughs> some pumpkin puree. So not the pumpkin pie mix, but the pumpkin puree. Mm-hmm. Uh, honey and banana. So you just mush everything together, blender, put it in some ice trays and give them Good up to the go. streets. Yeah. Nice. So there's a lot of recipes like that on there. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking for. I was looking for the recipes that had like very few ingredients and yes. that didn't have stuff in it that you would think, you know, like, uh, again, it, depending on your dog and how sensitive they are, I would be really careful when, when doing stuff. If you want to go like making something, like just be prepared that I would start by giving them like maybe half a cookie if you're making one or something like that, depending on what's yeah. in it. Because I know that if I gave Gibbs a whole lot of dairy that would make for a messy backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did see a recipe that only had three ingredients, mm -hmm. but it had like oats, oat flour. I know. So uh, there's another thing that you could use in in place of like flour, which would be rice flour, because rice is Mm -hmm. okay for them. So that's what I would substitute a couple of the things with. But um, so I found one for uh, homemade peanut butter dog treats. And, um, it, same thing I found, like, there was a ton of recipe, like pumpkin must be like a totally safe thing because it just seems like there was pumpkin and like absolutely everything that I looked yes, at. Yes. I think it's good for their tummies. And I think it's good for their tummies too. Yeah. Cause I remember when Gibbs wasn't feeling well a few weeks back or whatever, one of my friends was like, oh, just make some like pumpkin and something else or whatever. And I was like, really? But yes, apparently it's good for pumpkin their tummies. Chicken. Um, So this was a homemade peanut butter dog treat. So the ingredients are two thirds of a cup of pumpkin puree, a quarter cup of peanut butter, two large eggs, and then two and a half to three cups of whole wheat flour, which again, I would substitute with rice flour. And you preheat the oven to 350 degrees. You just mix all the ingredients together and knead the dough out and you can like roll them into like, like quarter inch little balls and press them down a little bit or put them in desired shapes if you want little bones and stuff like that and um little you cook those cutters. in the oven yeah and you put them in the sounds oven. delish it does sounds sound like something delish. i'd like <laughs> i was gonna say so one time my husband and i went to bulk barn and we would get treats for ourselves and stuff like that and i'd always pick up a couple of pig's ears for the dogs or, or stuff like that so when i was in the dog section they had these little like cookies that were shaped like peanuts. So I was like, Oh, it's a peanut butter cookie. Like maybe I'll grab like, like a few of those too. Cause that's when I had Becky and scraps who have stomachs. Oh, steel. And um, so we got in the car and like my husband and I would always part ways in, in bulk barn when picking out our treats, we um, came back to the car and we were leaving and I was like, Oh, so what'd you get? And he's like, he always gets like chocolate covered peanuts and all these different things and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what'd you get? And I was like, Oh, well I got this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, and I got these like peanut butter cookies. I don't know. They look kind of good. And do you want to try one? And he's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he took one bite and was like, this is a dog treat. And I was like, yeah. he's like, you're the worst. So I thought about doing it to the kids too. And he was like, no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's hilarious. But there's a lot of um, dog, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, I'll say stores for boutiques, dog boutiques in our city mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them um, bake their own dog treats and stuff like that. And they are for human consumption as well. I can remember. Oh. Yeah, when we've. When, you can share. 
when a new one, yeah, opened up, my mom bought a cookie and she's like, she's like, humans can eat it and dogs can eat it. She's like, eat it, eat it. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to eat the dog treat. She's like, no, just try it, try it, try it, eat it. And I was like, come oh on, my Heidi, God. Come on, <laughs> come on, Heidi. Go girl, go girl, go girl. Heidi. <laughs> Here's another one. <laughs> um, so another thing that I looked up, no, I didn't. I lost it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't. Um, um, no, but there was, oh yeah. Okay. So there was a couple of things I looked up. So here's another one. And it um, is apple carrot treats. Apple was Ooh. another popular ingredient. So this calls for a cup of, and again, this gives you the options as well. Whole wheat flour, brown rice flour or gluten-free flour, one cup of grated carrots, one egg, and a half a cup of unsweetened applesauce. So again, if you're cooking for your dogs, I would recommend looking for like low sodium and low sugar stuff because you have to think of how, like how much smaller they are than us. So if it's like a super sugary treat, probably not good for them. And for that one, same thing, you preheat the oven to 350, you mix the ingredients together until you get like the dough consistency and you can roll it out into balls or put them into shapes and um, press them down onto the baking sheet. And this one didn't give it any specific amount of time. It just said bake until they're golden brown and let Mm. them cool on a rack afterwards. But I did look on another site that had all different kinds of popsicles, dog pops. And pop pops pop pops (laughs) (laughs) and um i think that's pretty like easily said too like there's i remember seeing a couple of different sites where again you could get like um the popsicle molds that you would use for for making um ones for humans you can put Mm -hmm. like popsicle sticks in them or not i would just watch them if you do because you don't want it splintering and and causing them eating the popsicle stick as well so most people tend to just make like molds with no popsicle stick in it um you can pretty much like blend anything together yeah and freeze it add a little bit of water and then freeze it yeah like this place had like uh the idea of like putting solids into like a frozen liquid so that when they're licking it down it interests them more because they want to get at like the solid so like you could put like yeah like a piece of an apple in there or or, um, maybe a solid piece of pumpkin or something like that so when they get at it they're like no 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 let me at it (laughs) 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 and um you could use you know beef broth uh chicken broth all of that stuff Again, if you want to make your own, like a lot of these sites were saying, like, you know, make your own broth. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Or maybe some people do. <laughs> if you have time for that, more power to you. I will make you guys treats. Yeah. <laughs> if I have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> if I have time for that. But um, if you don't and you wanted to, like, use, get a store-bought one, again, I'm going to recommend that you go with a low sodium. Mm-hmm. Um, just to watch the amount of salt that you're giving them. For humans, too. We should all watch our sodium Salty intakes. And then the last thing I looked up, just because I was so curious, you see people posting for their dog's birthdays, and there's, like, these dog cakes. And I'm like, okay, how are they making these dog cakes? Like, because you can't just, like, you know, put it in, mix up an old Betty Crocker and, like, <laughs> feed it to your dog. <laughs> so same sort of ingredients. There's uh, three quarters of a cup of flour half a teaspoon of baking soda, quarter of a teaspoon of baking powder, 
uh, one large egg, two tablespoons of peanut butter, two tablespoons of oil, a quarter of a cup of unsweetened applesauce, and two tablespoons of honey. So all that stuff seems like pretty legit stuff to use for for a dog. And then for the frosting, they, they suggest using whipping cream. But again, you don't have to. Um, no. If, if your dogs, if you're finding that they're sensitive to dairy. Yeah. Anyways, a pup cake. A pup cake. And you preheat the oven to 350. And this would be a six inch round cake pan because you don't need like, you know, like a like a three tiered wedding cake for your dog. <laughs> Unless it's um, a Tibetan Mastiff, maybe. <laughs> I was about to sing the graduation song, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unless you're feeding it to a massive mastiff. Massive mastiff. <laughs> a double M. A double M. And yeah, bake this for 20 to 30 minutes. Wow. So there's, uh, I will tell you, there are a ton of recipes out there. And like I said, not just for treats or cakes or whatever. It's like for full-on meals for your dog too. So if you're curious about how to make stuff or you're thinking about trying something for your doggo, just google it out there (laughs) it is out there there are entire websites for it maybe we should start a dog cooking show (laughs) (laughs) let's so many ideas let's let's cook snoots (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous it would be like the uh what's the chef like the muppet chef oh the swedish chef the swedish chef yeah the borky borky bork bork de bork de bork that's hilarious we could we could make a dog version puppet cooking show yeah they wouldn't get any cooking done they would just eat everything yeah it's true they would and then you put this in your mouth and then you put this in your mouth it would be like those videos that people make where they put like a hoodie on their dog like a sweater but it's the human hands through the arms that the dog (laughs) like in 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 the head of the sweater and it makes it makes it look like they're eating like a meal and that like the dogs have arms (laughs) have you seen those i love those yeah yeah they're hilarious that's what it would be like and i think that's a wrap yeah on let's boop snoots on let's boop snoots if you guys have any recipes you want to share please share if you have any mm-hmm. like unique breeds you want to show off share just share sharing is caring yeah. on let's boop snoots <laughs> we'll see you next week see you next week woof woof <laughs>